This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Andrew Bryan, Don Brock and Chris Kennedy in the studio as always to get you through all the latest news in fantasy. It's grand final week for most teams and boys, what are the biggest talking points? Obviously, it's all to play for this week. Yeah, grand final week in uh, the default settings. Obviously, uh, you can change Adam in a couple of leagues that have got a grand final next week. So, uh, got to sort of keep an eye on next week as well. A um, few fresh headaches that I wasn't expecting. Uh, Ryan James is out for me, and uh, Cam King, who I was almost contemplating just holding through because his score's been on the way up. Still got Kaiser Pritchard on extended bench. So, uh, it seems like there's always something. Yeah, but um, for most of the the big guns, uh, you know, fit and ready this week. Sean Johnson's back. A uh, bit of a wild card, Sam Burgess is back for those who still have him. So, um, yeah, no major headaches beyond those few. But, uh, yeah, it's all about getting those, you know, every last point you can get in these big games. And talking about every last point, I guess we'll talk about it at the top of the show. The captaincy is going to be a huge talking point. Last week, obviously, in the prelim finals, everyone was talking about captain. And it can really make or break your season with, like, the teams stacked at this point of the year and looking at who you're playing against. But captaincy is going to be, it's always big every week, but now more than ever, like, picking which captain's playing against which team and who's likely to score the most points. It's going to be a big decision for most coaches. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, looking at, at matchups, um, you know, which team's uh, players are up against. Last week, most captains did pretty well, I think. Tom Lolo got mid-60s, Crichton got mid-60s, Smith got 60 in 70 minutes. So, you know, the the reliable options are still pretty reliable. Mm. If, I mean, depending on Smith's minutes again this week, I suppose. Um I know I opted. I was thinking about Crichton and then I didn't and he got 65 and I was kicking myself and I went to Malolo and he went off injured. In the, he was on 20s for ages, went off injured in the 40s and I was kicking myself and he got 64. So it ended up like not yeah, mattering exactly. at all anyway. But um, yeah, most of the, even Gallon and Fafita back in form is 70. So heaps of the, the likely guys got captaincy worthy scores. Yeah, and if you're up against a team that you think, you know, if you're the underdog in your matchup this week, then a, a riskier captain's probably a... Um you know, smart way to go. Like a Cleary or a Milford yeah. or a sort of straighten out gamble. Bit of, bit of a gamble, see <laughs> what happens. All right, you can catch us on Twitter at AndrewBryan321, at CKennedy80 and at Dom underscore Brock. Let's get into the show. The latest in league. All right, the first game of the round, the Broncos take on the Eels. This should be a pretty good game of football. Plenty of feeling in this one. Obviously, they played a couple of weeks ago, and it was a very spiteful clash. It involved that tackle from Kenny Edwards. Uh, there was a few choice comments in an explosive aftermath, namely Michael Jennings coming out and labelling some of the tactics that the Broncos used were a bit questionable. Uh, Boys, what do we expect in this game? Yeah, that was probably one of the games of the year. I was actually uh, at the Eels media session where Michael Jennings said those comments, and uh, they were like he basically got caught off guard. They they showed him the video of um, of Maguire stepping on Tim Manor, and he just he, I think he's too honest for his own good. He's like, oh, that's not very good. Yeah, no, he's tried to do that. That's that looks pretty dirty, and it kind of all just went from there. But um, yeah, plenty of feeling in it. It's going to be plenty of feeling again. Obviously, Kenny Edwards had that uh, late. Uh, somewhat cheap shot on uh, Jonas Pearson, I think it was. Uh, plenty of other instances going on in what was otherwise an excellent game, so I think we can expect probably more of the same, but Eels a little bit under strength. Bevan French is out again, uh, which means Will Smith's at the back, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, Kaiser Pritchard on the extended bench along with Bo Scott, so potentially some late changes in their uh, starting 13. 
and Manu Ma also suspended. So yep. there's, there's a bit to worry about for the Eels, and they've mm. obviously been on a roll. They they went behind early in that game, but then they really rolled over the top of the Broncos. What, mm. Are you expecting something similar, or are you expecting the Broncos at Suncorp? Their record there is unbelievable this year. Yeah, I think Broncos, like you said, Manu Ma is out, which puts Kenny Edwards into the starting side, and he's been so good off the bench coming on after 25 and bringing some impact. I think uh, playing big minutes, he's still good, but it sort of blunts his impact a little bit, and that's where you get him a bit fatigued and a few of those uh, brain snaps that we've come to associate with in this season. Um, the Eels certainly can do it, but I think the form that the Broncos have showed since McCulloch got injured and how well they've adapted to that, um, combined with a few pretty important outs for the Eels, I think the Broncos will probably be too strong at home this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, Eels under strength, Broncos in great form at home. Um, probably good news for the Broncos. You know, attacking players in fantasy, less so for the Eels backs. If you've got, you know, a Corey Norman who's been well below his best in the last few weeks. Uh, anyway, I think Anthony Milford got 70 last week. A bit of a wild card option in the halves. Um, otherwise, fantasy-wise, there's not a heaps. Nathan Brown will probably make a lot of tackles again if the Eels get get pumped. Um, Borderline captaincy yeah, option. I think so. So last time the Eels lost was yeah against Newcastle and he it's scored 70, 75. Yeah. So yeah, definitely an option there. Josh Maguire has been a bit up and down. Yeah. Um, He's almost one of those ones who, you, like coming into the last two weeks of the season, you looked up great if you could get a uh, Fafita or a Mannering or someone. I know we've got a few questions on Maguire and we'll answer them at the bottom of the show, but just news that um, came out this morning. Uh, John Kahu, I think, has been ruled out with that groin injury, so David Mead comes in. But other than that, we can pretty much expect the Broncos to do what they've been doing. And if you think the Broncos can get a roll on against the Eels, then Milford might be one to look at. And some of their forwards have also obviously been doing pretty well in that, that second row position. Yeah, a lot of people uh, have been asking about Gillett in the last couple of months, but he's, um, he's bad. He's still capable of a, a 30s score when he's not getting those either huge uh, quantities of tackles or the odd you know line break try assist sort of thing I think he did get was it 36 on the weekend or something so yeah I'd be steering clear of him in a, a crunch sort of uh, semi or, or grand final in head-to-head all right the Raiders take on the Knights uh, no changes for Canberra after that epic game against Penrith that was a really fun game to watch they they hit the front after coming back from behind but then you know got away from them with Tyron May coming up with that that winning play for the Knights uh, the deck of cards is well and truly being shuffled. Sione Metadia, concussion, Brock Lamb, knee, Luke Yates, ankle, they're all out. Uh, so you've got the Ross Dog back. Jack Cogger comes in, Mickey Payer, Jamie Bura starts in the back row with Danny Levi at hooker. Uh, the Knights have been pretty impressive, but it was always up against the Storm uh, last week. Yeah, they needed the Storm to be off their game. Um, and with Cooper Cronkie out, it looked like they may have been, but then Brodie Croft had you know an amazing game. So uh, the Storm were great. Knights got... Uh, thrashed. Um, they'll probably lose this one again. The Raiders are, you know, a slight chance of making the finals if they can win their last. You think the sales might be out of the Raiders after that another another close loss? I mean, they've had so many this year. They could easily be comfortably in the eight with all the close losses they've had. But that's been the tale of the season, not being able to get the job done. But there's still a chance to make the finals if they win their last two games. Obviously, the results with Manly and the Cowboys obviously help that cause. But I feel like this is a danger game. Newcastle have done pretty well against Canberra in the in the recent seasons. Yeah, I mean, they are under strength. I think Brock Lamb's a big loss for the Knights. Um, and yeah, the, the Raiders, you know, they still have a hope. They've got to beat Melbourne again next week and hope a few other things go their way. But, you know, it's possible. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're unchanged from last week. They were close against the Panthers side that's going to make the finals. So they should really be good enough to beat 
an understrength mm. Knights team. You know, Sandy Metaldi is a big loss as well. Um, so it's again one of those weeks where you kind of expect the Raiders outside backs to probably get it, some scoring chances. This is, you know, Kotrick, Croker, Leilua, Rapana. Um, they're never reliable, but you know, mm. if it's going to happen, this is the kind of week where they can go big. Was it this year that the Knights beat the Raiders early yeah. on? It was the only win they had for the first 10 or 12 weeks. Yeah, yeah. They, and they drew with them last year when they only had one win and one draw all season. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, um, a bit of a bogey matchup for, for Canberra. But like you say, um, Newcastle under strength. I'm wondering if, like you say, Canberra might have, you know, taken the, the win out of their sails with that, that loss last week. Still technically a chance of the finals if um, the likes of Manly and St. George Illawarra keep... Losing, maybe that'll give them a bit more incentive to, to keep things ticking along, or maybe just the pressure will be off and they'll just um, run amok like they're capable of doing. I do I do like the chances of the outside back scoring well. I'm still sitting on Joey Leilua, who's... Uh, Holding not, faith. Not, well, <laughs> out of trades at the moment. <laughs> He's on the upgrade sort of list, and then I just lost about 10 other players, and it's, now I'm stuck with him. So fingers crossed Joey can bust a few tackles and maybe even jag himself a try. I think Croke had a, a great month or so until being really, really quiet last week as well. So he's one who can go big as well. Yeah, the other thing in this game is Lachlan Fitzgibbon for the... Um, yeah. mm, talk for about the jagging Knights. a try. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been fantastic recently, playing 80 minutes in the back row. He scored in the last three games. 60, 68 and 90 last yeah. week. So tries in all three. So, you know, you can't bank on that happening. But his base stats are good, makes a lot of tackles, a lot of... Run meters looks like a, mm. a fantasy gun of the future. Tackle busts are out of hand as well. Was it like nine tackle busts last week or 11? He's just he's massive handful at the moment. And there's a few players, we'll talk about a few later, but they're ruining their chance at being a cash cow next year by their performances mm. at the back end of this year. The guys that you thought I'll keep an eye on, and there's one from the Rabbitohs we'll mention shortly, but um, just pumping out massive scores and they're not going to be, you're not going to be able to afford them next year if you're looking for that middle-of-the-range cash cow. Yeah, that's true. They'll get a bit of a discount if they haven't played that many games, but, yeah, not a huge one. Um, it does mean they're still pretty cheap now if you want, you know, if you need to upgrade a back row and you haven't got much money to spend. You know, there's left-field options, options like Fitzgibbon. All right, the Tigers take on the Cowboys, and this is actually a pretty important game as far as the top eight goes. Elijah Taylor, shoulder, Joel Edwards, both out. Matt McIlrick starts at hookup. Uh, Bailey Sirinan, a very famous Tigers name, comes in with Jack Littlejohn joining the side. Uh, for the Cowboys, Winnerstein and Sean Fenson return with Kalen Ponga and uh, Tualala dropping out. Lachlan Coote and Gavin Cooper named on an extended bench. Um, the coach was talking about if he had the luxury, obviously he'd be looking to give those guys time to recover before the finals, but they might get rushed back into the team given that I think the Cowboys have lost five or six in a row. I could be correct on that, but they've been brave for so long in the second half of the season, but they just can't quite get over the line. And this is a massive game for them. We talked about Canberra. Uh, it's almost unthinkable that the Cowboys were going to drop out of the eight not long ago, but they are in a bit of danger and they need to win this game. And the Tigers are playing really well. Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough uh, test for the Cowboys. They've, they've been absolutely smashed by injuries, worst injury toll uh, of the season, uh, you know, in terms of quality, at least, on the sidelines. Um, yeah, and th- this is a real must-win because they've got the Broncos, I think, away next mm. week, which you can pretty much jot down already as a Brisbane win. Hot take. Think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and as you say, the Tigers have been in great form. They've been uh, going close against some really good teams. Um, Beat Manly, yeah. beat Manly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Cowboys can't really afford to rest anyone if they're 
you know, Borderline. possibility of yeah. playing, yeah. Yeah, they, um, Ben Hampton I was actually quite impressed with at fullback last week. It's not completely foreign to him. He has played fullback when he was at the Storm, although we know him, he's seen him mostly at hooker this year. Um, but he's definitely a utility sort of playmaker. Um, he's got so many guys who are sort of, I guess, being rushed back, like your, your Coots and, your, you know, Gav Cooper and, and Sean Fence and all these guys coming back from injury who ideally you'd, you'd give a bit longer uh, on the sidelines. But like you mentioned, they can't afford to lose any more games. So I almost feel like the Tigers are a big chance in this one at, at Campbelltown as much as, like I said this the other day, if you're a Cowboys fan, you've got to be really proud of the way your team's putting in in the face of just a, a horror injury toll. And, and they, they're never giving up. They're not going out of games. They, they never stop trying. But just the, you know, they're, they're going into games under strength and then finishing with one fit player on the bench it's just making it really really hard for them but if they can if they can get a bit of luck with injuries there's no reason they can't find the, the form to get another you know one or even two wins heading into the finals and i guess yeah fantasy wise because of all those injuries um jason tomalolo stands out even more as a um as a as a gun to maybe give the captaincy to he again has to have a big game he seems to you know have to do it every week and he does it every week but um yeah, him and Sadesco could both go big in this game. You can yeah. just see them yeah. both pumping out massive scores. It's a game that could just open up. Tamalolo could be making tackle breaks. We know Tedesco just makes like 10 tackle breaks a game at the moment and could could start scoring some more tries as well. So this could be a really interesting prospect for a, a captaincy option on either side. Yeah, I'm wondering how long Tamalolo can keep it up. He's obviously just an absolute machine and he, he has been doing it every week, but is he going to run out of puff? eventually like he surely can't keep making 200 meters a week in the middle of a field yeah well tony weback uh, nrl.com correspondent wrote a story yesterday uh, talking to him and saying that he he's feeling pretty good at this point in the season his body's feeling really good but he's obviously signed that massive 10-year deal the biggest deal in nrl history and he was talking about uh, he knows that his game's going to have to evolve because at the moment he, he's just doing everything for the cowboys and mm. obviously that's because of all the injuries they've had but he admitted that he can't keep it keep doing what he's doing for 10 years and he was talking about how gallons and those sort of guys have changed their game you know when, once they get older because he'll be 34 when his contract expires but that's a really good point asking whether Tom Lola can actually keep just carrying that Cowboys side on his back because he's running two on I think he averages two, 202 203 meters mm. per game um, and that's without when he goes massive and runs 280 to 300 and you know, racks up 35, 40 tackles and a heap of tackle breaks. And he was talking about the need to try to get an offload into his game, which would obviously help in fantasy as well. So, mm. um, yeah, it's a really big talking point for the Cowboys, how they manage that, because they can't afford for him to go down, especially on how, how long they've committed to him for. Yeah, but in, in saying all that, I guess against the Tigers this week, with it all on the line, against not the mm. strongest forward pack, if he scored less than 60, I'd be a bit surprised, I think. Yeah. All right, let's go into the Titans v. the Bulldogs. Henry's gone, but Des survives. They've been under the pump, both those coaches. Uh, Jared Hayne and Jared Wallace are back from injury with Ryan James and John Olive. That's a big loss, Ryan James out for the Titans. Yeah, I mean, on Henry, I'm a little bit at a loss as to how that's going to help them in the short term or the long term when you talk about a guy who got a team that was, ba- there was basically two horse race for the Wooden Spoon last year and they made the finals. So he must be doing something right. Obviously, it hasn't gone well in the last month or so and there's issues with Jared and apparently wider issues behind the scenes as well according to Annesley which we're not entirely privy to but uh, in the short term the Titans have a new coach despite sort of popular belief that the new coach bounce back factor isn't really a thing I think teams only tend to win about 40% of games the week after sacking a coach Uh, it's not really a huge blessing in terms of short term results 
Um, their team's been smashed a bit. Ryan James, uh, I think, is that an ankle injury? Is it a shoulder? Shoulder, well? I think. Yeah. Anyway, he's out. He's which, busted. Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a sell uh, for my purposes. Jared Hayne is back. I guess Jared Wallace potentially could shoulder a bit of the workload if anyone somehow still has him after he missed last week on the back of a few poor scores. What do you reckon, Don? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I repeat everything you've said. Um, you know, again on, on Neil Henry, not only did he do really well with them last year getting into the finals, but even this year mm. they had a Sharp really bad storm. injury to all the start. Uh, outside of the Cowboys, they've probably been the most yeah. hit with injuries. They just haven't had a. And halfway through the year, they were still competing really well. Mm. The last month, they've been terrible. But um, well, they had the worst injury toll for most of the season. It's yeah. only the last month or six weeks that the Cowboys have overtaken them. Um, yeah. So. I mean, who knows what will happen this week. You'd expect Hayne would at least be keen to have a big game for a variety of reasons. <laughs> Such an enigma. He could, he could have like just a superstar game or he yeah. could just not even show up. He's, uh, it's hard to know where his head's at. Do we see the Hayne play this week? Do we see a performance or a try where Jared throws the arms out just in defiance of everything that's happened? Well, I, I, yeah. think, I think we do. I think we do. Like they're playing the Bulldogs, who had a their best, probably best performance of the season against a very disappointing Manly side. They're unchanged, the Bulldogs. But can, what can we expect from the Dogs? The Manly were so bad; it's hard to really know how mm. how good the Dogs were. And the Titans haven't been great. So this probably, from that point of view, the the worst game of the the round. Yeah, the but Titans this could have, be interesting. They've come up against the Dogs that you know just the wrong time of the year. They've just scored thirty points for the first time in mm. the game all season somehow. Um, and they looked, yeah, they looked pretty good. The Bulldogs last last week from mm-hmm. the from the first whistle. So, um, yeah, I'm tipping the Dogs to win this one. I think. Yeah. I think the Titans are still favourites. They're pretty short price favourites. Maybe with that bounce back factor, the you know, mm. post coach exit factor. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, you covered that game against Manly CK yeah. and. Uh, Will Hopawade uh, scored pretty well in fantasy, and I think he had three or four try assists. He, mm. The Manly defence made it pretty easy for him, but he picked the right pass every time. Well, it was a combination of factors. The Manly defence wasn't getting off their line anywhere near quick enough, and that whole left edge wasn't sliding well enough. And um, you know, Matt Wright was caught out a couple of times, but that was more... I think the damage was already done on the inside, regardless of what Matt Wright did out on the wing. And then Hopper was just firing those cutout balls to precision. It was obviously a bit of a, a set play. They work on it training. It wasn't anything that, you know, unusual. It's the, the sort of try that we see all the time in, in rugby league these days. But they executed it well. And they were just a lot more energetic, I think, than I've seen the Bulldogs this year. Like, their their defensive line speed was much better. But also just in attack, they were, they were holding the ball and rolling forward a lot better. And they weren't doing anything out of the box in terms of creativity they were just executing a lot better than they have been and it's you know just led to a few tries um maybe that you know gives them the confidence to go on and and play well enough in the you know to get a couple of wins in the last two weeks i think i'll be tipping them over the titans who are just in a bit of a hole at the moment all right the storm take on the rabbitos cooper cronk replaces his crone uh brody croft clone not croft (laughs) Brody Crone. Uh, it's only a change for Melbourne uh, this week. Cameron Smith obviously scored pretty well, had a 10-minute rest, which we sort of speculated last week, but still pumped out 60. So obviously the Storm had that game in the bag, but against the Rabbitohs, the Rabbitohs have been pretty good uh, recently, so we'd probably expect Smith to, to play the 80, but having said that, they've already rested Cronk once. And exactly, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Smith gets rested in one of the last two games. They've, the Storm have... It couldn't happen in grand final week, surely. <laughs> this week or next yeah, week? This yeah, this week. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the, the main reason that 
grand finals for most comps is on this week is to avoid players getting rested in round 26 and you know ruining head-to-head leagues but that was a genuine factor like we'd see grand finals ruined by a whole bunch of guns getting rested in round 26 either by teams that were just completely out of contention or teams that they couldn't affect their position on the ladder and it didn't really matter if they won or lost yeah but in saying that i kind of expect smith uh if he was going to get you know big minutes off the field this week against the Rabbitohs makes more sense to me than next week against Canberra, which was just before the finals, against a better team, you know, on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to build some momentum before the finals. So this week where there's nothing really to play for, they're at home. They rested Cronk last week, so they've got that in their mind of resting their stars, making sure they're all fresh. Mm. You know, he could see more time on the bench, mm. if not get rested. I don't know. We haven't heard any actual... Rumours about this yet, but it's a Well, we never hear about it because Bellamy just loves exactly. messing with fantasy coaches. Was it, was it this that, podcast? That's, that's, his, that's his memo, <laughs> just mess with CK. It actually is, I'm convinced. I've been watching him long enough that I'm convinced that that's what he's out to do. Um, was it this podcast last week I said we can see Cam Smith getting 60 points in 60 minutes against the Knights and then getting a, an early shower? Could have been. I said 60 and 60 or maybe 65 and 65, then he's off, so... I hope um, our producer can find that and see if he's wrong and just dub it back in. <laughs> if it wasn't, it was on the blog or the video or something. I don't know. I'll find it. Um, but yeah, it's like you say, that would if he's going to get a rest, this is probably the week. The question is whether he gets a rest from the game overall and you know, Slade Griffin starts and they you know do some wrangling with playmakers on the bench or if once again he goes off with 20 minutes to go if the game is uh, beyond doubt. Um, we talk about the result not really mattering, but I can't really see Craig Bellamy pulling Cam Smith off if it's 18 all with 20 to go. So, I can't um, see Cam Smith coming off. No, exactly. So it, it would, once he starts the game, it would be completely contingent on them wrapping up the result for, for Cam to get an early shower. Um, but, you know, it's Melbourne and it's South and it's every chance that's happening. All right, and talking about South, Sam Burgess is back. Uh, just missed a week with that rib injury, but Alex Johnson is out and... Johnson's just been carving fantasy lately, just racking up tries, breaking records at Rabbitohs for tries in a season. I think he equaled Nathan Merritt for one season, and if he comes back next week, he's a good chance of breaking most of their records for tries in a year. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's not really a fantasy scorer outside of all the tries that he scores because he doesn't get the the base stats and the tackle busts like your, you know Tedesco's and so on of the world, but. Um, yeah, Bryson Goodwin named at fullback, uh, traditionally more of a, a centre or, or potentially a, a winger, so we'll see how that goes. I've still got Sam Burgess in my 25, uh, took him out of the, the 17 obviously last week so I didn't need him and I probably don't really need him this week depending on what happens with Cam King and Kayser Pritchard, but you'd think after a week's rest, I know he's been named a prop, um, given that he's been scoring 40s prior to that, um, a bit more work rate intensity in the middle um, probably drop his minutes down to 60-ish but maybe his points per minute goes up and he can still score 55 if he cuts out the um, the demerits. I think what I like about him at prop is that um, the, the missed tackles are probably going to go down a bit because he does miss a few tackles and in the middle you don't kind of get that um, bit more broken play type running where you can fall off tackles. I know he's at lock and he's sort of in the middle anyway but prop you're very much the, the first point of contact and you're sort of um, meeting in the middle so you don't miss as many tackles so hopefully that helps him. Yeah and speaking of lock, Cameron Murray's um, the other player I think you were referring to earlier yeah. who's um, looks like a, a fantasy gun of the future. I mean he's looking like a gun right now just about. Mm. Um, 84 last week 84. we talked about him last week but didn't think he'd play 80 minutes until obviously Sam was taken off and Obviously, we think he won't play 80 this week with Sam in the side, and obviously they've got Crichton there who 
continues to pump out massive scores. Um, but he he's looking good. He scored a, a decent try himself last week. Yeah, I mean, and they might still play him at eighty. You know, the, it, South are looking to the future now. It's you know good idea to give these young guys mm. as much you know exposure to the NRL as possible. So he know, handled it. Yeah, exactly. So it could be he could repeat. He might not get eighty four again, but you know another couple of big scores in the last two rounds. Mm. And Crichton obviously is uh, the other one who you'd think is going to play eighty, especially with Sam Burgess at prop and. Um, if he plays 80, he sort of can't help himself but get six or eight tackle busts to go with his 100-plus metres and 30-something tackles. All right, the Sharks take on the Roosters, and this promises to be an absolute blockbuster, and it's a pretty important game for, for both sides looking to cement that spot in the top four. Uh, the Sharks, no changes. We mentioned at the top, Gallon and Fafita both bounced back after pretty disappointing performances of late. They both scored 73. Uh, the Roosters are unchanged. Mitch Pearce and Jake Friend both averaging over 60 points for the last few games, and Mitch Orbison also scoring well, even though he's been in the centres. Yeah, he's, he's had a few tries, I think. He's, he sees an average is uh, around 40, which is good enough for a centre. Obviously, he scores better when he's a starting second rower. Um, he's obviously the centres again this week. Yeah, but it's more about the forwards, as you say. Um, uh, Gallon and Fafita both got mid-70s, I think 73 each last yeah. week. Uh, they should score well again against the Roosters. Massive game, big forward battle. I think they both scored in the 40s against the Roosters earlier in the year, so you know there's no guarantees, but... For this kind of game, you'd think Gallant especially, it's the kind of game where he'll um, be really up for and will try to do everything. Was that the game where Sharks just completely towed up the Roosters at Gosford? Yeah, that was a little bit... One of the best team performances in terms of club games I've seen this year from, from any team. That The Sharks, just that second half, completely dominated them. But it meant that your Gallants and Fafitas didn't really need to do all the grunt work in the middle like they would if it's a really tough, gritty game, which I can see this one being that sort of a game. Um, out at Shark Park, it's you know it's a it's a night game. Roosters are in, I wouldn't say great form, but they're you know they're playing kind of tough, I guess. Um, I can see Gallon and Fafita needs to do a lot of that middle work. Fafita, I was really impressed with last week. He just had a lot more um, energy and intent. I think it was probably his best game uh, since the Origin series finished. Um, just really good involvement, busting a few tackles. So um, I've actually rushed him in for Ryan James this week. So hopefully he can keep that up. Um, and on to the Roosters. I think, yeah, Mitchell Pierce is the still, main. Still rock solid. I think yeah. he got 60-ish last week. Um, Seems to do it whether they win or lose or whether yeah. he gets tries. Just sort of His base sets are so good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and as you say, when he, get tries, when he gets tries this, then, you know, his other stats seem to drop a bit. So he seems to get around 60 every week, yeah. um, you know, which is great. Yeah, Jake Friend is the other one worth talking about because those of us who might need to make a change with the hooking, like I mentioned, I've still got Cam King. A um, little bit nervous about rushing Cam Smith back in just with a possible resting, so Jake Friend... Uh, with two weeks ago, I don't think you're rushing Smith back in. <laughs> well, maybe rushing's not the word, but yeah, given that he could get a, a rest or a, a partial game rest at any given point, I'm wondering if Jake Friend might be the way to go because Roosters are still vying for a, um, a home final... Um, trying to get themselves back into form. They can't really afford to be resting players as well. Um, Jake Friend, I think, missed some time as well with a broken hand, so he's not really a resting candidate anyway. Um, so, yeah, potentially a, uh, an option to, to split the hooking duties with a McInnes if you're a bit worried about Cam. Yeah, or if worse comes to worse and Smith does get ruled out before kickoff on Saturday, you know, an obvious trade to Jake Friend. Absolutely. Beautiful. The Warriors take on the Seagulls. It's a match Manly desperately need to win. Their season is teetering on the brink. 
And wouldn't you know it, Sean Johnson comes back. <laughs> we thought it was a season-ending injury, but uh, Johnson's back. He might be a bit rusty, but obviously he was one of the gun halves in fantasy. I don't know if people will be rushing him in this week, but if you've somehow hold, held him, then obviously that's good for you. Um, what do we think about the Warriors have been really disappointing? Vossi on NRL.com today is talking about how bad their end of seasons have been, how they've twice lost their last eight games of the season in the last four or five years. And uh, their record after the origin period hasn't been great apart from that one year in 2011 when they went all the way to the grand final. Um, but Johnson returns is a big boost for them. Yeah, he's the sort of guy who even with no games under his belt can just come out and do something magic. Um, could potentially get 60 or 80 in fantasy if anyone somehow still has him. Like you say, I wouldn't be buying him, I don't think, this week. Massive danger game for Manly over there in Auckland. Desperately need to win. Warriors not really with anything to play for other than pride, and they can just kind of toss caution to the wind. Um, not that they've been doing that this year, but potentially could. Um, Kieran Foran hasn't been great this year, but could be up for a big one against his former club. Uh, yeah, it's got danger written all over it as far as... Manny's concerned, but from a fantasy point of view, what Warriors have got Mannering, and that's about it, other than Johnson. Tedesco, no, sorry, RTS. Yeah. Sorry, I said Tedesco. Um, yeah, RTS has been scoring just about as well as Tedesco yeah. in the last few weeks. Got Better a try last, last week. week. Yeah, 68, I think. Best score of the season, I think. So, yeah, at least fantasy wise, their, their two guns, um, apart from Johnson, have been scoring really well recently. Mannering's always rock solid. You know, if they're doing a lot of defending, that means Mannering's making 50 tackles. So, yeah, so they're still safe options. Um, and yeah, Johnson still seems a bit of a risk. But Talking about a bit of a risk, obviously no changes for Manly, but uh, Daily Cherry Evans last week was unsighted. Uh, CK, you were mentioning that he had, had the flu and yeah. obviously didn't get involved at all last week. He copped a fair bit of criticism for that, but if he's carrying a sickness, that's one thing. Mm. But um, maybe they might have been better resting him, even though... Um, they needed the win because he was just yeah. unsighted and had a had a shocker. It's a tough one when you've got a, a desperation must-win game. Do you drop your captain and halfback who's been in such good form all year because he's sick and bring in, you know, they've got like Jackson Hastings and Cam Cullen there who are good players. Um, I wouldn't be too nervous about giving Jacko a, a run, but, you know, if it's daily and he's, he says he's good to go, then you obviously play him. Um, I was talking to the Manly media manager who said he was pretty, pretty unwell during the week and because the poor media manager went home and he was just deleting uh, Facebook comments all night <laughs> from the social media channels from all the fans who were getting stuck into poor DCE. They can be a little bit relentless out on the northern beaches. But, um, yeah, anyway, DCE is back this week. Um, I think he had, what, one run for four metres last week. He only had six kicks as well. It was like a good green. four metres, though. Yeah, we made a tackle bust in that four metres, so it wasn't his worst. Um, but yeah, didn't made 16 tackles with two misses and kicked the ball six times and did nothing else. So yeah, it was a really, really, really quiet game. I know a lot of people were counting on him to finish the weekend strong for them and it didn't happen. But back this week, um, hopefully with a bit of a rest after his bout with the honest, we'll be uh, primed for a big one in a, a do-or-die clash. Yeah, he'll, he'll have to be better than he was last week. It was actually, the strange thing was, um, I saw he's had four scores under 30 this year. So it's it wasn't... It wasn't his worst score of the year. Um, yeah. So he has had those quiet games before. But in the second half of the season, yeah. he's been fantastic. So you would think he'd bounce back, you know, massive game against a not the best defensive team. So he should be able to um, you know, create a few attacking opportunities. 
All right, in the final game of the round, you talked about do or die. Panthers v. Dragons. Obviously, the Panthers on a massive winning run for the Dragons. Last chance saloon. They have to win this one. Uh, Panthers, Matt Moylan out again. And uh, from what we hear, he might be out for as much as two weeks with that hamstring. Or actually, it's a separate hamstring issue to the one that kept mm. him out before. But uh, Tyrone May is just absolutely mm. carving. He's one of those... You, you lose a player of Moylan was their captain at the start of the year, and they've just got this young kid who's got more confidence. Josh Mansour was talking about him yesterday, saying mm. he's the most confident kid outside of Josh Mansour. I think he reprints <laughs> himself in third person. Um, yeah, good source. In the side, and uh, Tyrone May's been, you know, in the clutch. He's been really coming up with the big plays. Mm, match-winning try off the bench last week, uh, shooting out from dummy half, I think. It was a pretty pretty massive play in the, the context of their season. Um, looking at this game a few weeks ago as being the battle for eighth position, and obviously Penrith have just kept winning, and they're almost going to finish fifth. And I, they basically can't miss the eight. I know they technically can if they lose two and other results go against them, but they're going to be in the finals no matter what. And like I said, probably a big chance of a home final now. Um, Dragons, meanwhile, can win this one and still miss the finals technically, so they desperately, desperately need to win this one. Um, fair bit going on from a fantasy point of view. Um, Panthers have got Dylan Edwards at the back, who's in a lot of teams as a you know, bought as a cut price keeper earlier on. Mansour doing good things at wing fullback, obviously a delayed start to He's the season. Had a couple of seventies in the last two weeks. Yeah, I think Mansour. So. Two um, very very similar tries as well, yeah. sort of coming into the middle of the field and, and beating some of the bigger guys through the middle. Um, Nathan Cleary, who's probably just about every team since Sean Johnson got injured, but doing great things as well, scoring a lot of tries. Uh, on top of that. Um, yeah, and Cleary tends to score well when Moylan isn't there, yeah, so true. if anything, that helps his chances of another big one this week. And for the Dragons, obviously, they're trying to get over the man flu, uh, ran rampant through the side, and there's still uh, some lingering effects of that in the team, but it's the usual suspects for Dragons. Aiken is out uh, with a shoulder injury. Need McDonald returns the back line. Uh, that's pretty much, fantasy-wise, it's pretty much their forwards, so McInnes, DeBellin, uh, Vaughan, they're the guys that really need to stand up this week because they're pretty much in every fantasy Yeah, team. no news was good news for the Dragons where last week there was the mm. the rumours of four mystery players being likely to be pulled out because of flu mm. or uh, injury and then it turned out to not be that big a deal. McDonald was out. The forwards everyone was worrying about in fantasy all, yeah. all played. So, um, yeah, we expect those big guns to still, you know, Scored pretty well, whatever happens in this game. Well, I think what McGregor said was he, he had two injured at training and then two more were sick. And Nana McDonald did get injured and didn't play. Tyson Frizzell rolled his ankle but then was right to play. And then the ones that were sick included Jack DeBellin but ended up playing and, and playing pretty well. And he's one of, turns out, almost half the team that had the flu. Can I just go off on a tangent for a minute? But you go to the GP and it costs you like $50 to get a flu jab and then you don't get the flu that year. If you're running... A rugby league is a fair point. Seriously, you, it costs you a few hundred dollars to get your whole team vaccinated against the flu, and then this doesn't happen. Would you not just do that every year? Like I haven't had the flu in ten years because I just get the jab every year. Like, would you not just? I'm guessing the dragons will be doing it from this <laughs> year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting the wind up <laughs> rant over. Um, but yeah, hopefully they're, they're over their respective man flus, and uh, Paul Vaughan and Jack DeBellin, who are both in my team, can can do something. Uh, impressive there you go a very comprehensive wrap of round 25 and ck gets a jab every year for the last decade let's get <laughs> straight into the it, <laughs> let's get saying. straight into the fantasy questions and there will be no jab related questions fan questions from the hashtag yeah Daz baby one he's got a lot of questions here but only one trade left 
Does he trade out CHN for Papali Sergis or Fafida? Does he trade out DCE for Sean Johnson, Hain for Roberts, or Matadiat for Rapana? There's a lot in that, but you've only got one trade to pick, so just pick one. First one to Fafida. Yeah, that's probably it. I'd, I'd rule out the uh, Cherry Evans to Johnson. That's yeah, too don't much do that. of a risk. Um, the other two, I mean, Hayne, as we said, could have a big game. Matadi is injured, so yeah, if you, you need to replace him with somebody. But um, yeah, all that aside, I think Fafita's the best, the best gun to get out of those guys. All right, Vids98. One trade left. Should I go either Hayne to Dufty or to Leilua? Uh, up against Knights at home, he could score well. Would you trade in Leilua? Oh, as as a Leilua owner, I find it hard to recommend buying Joey Leilua, given his recent form. Yeah, he could go big against Knights, and I'm hoping he will go big against Knights, but very tough to recommend anyone buys him on recent form. And Hayne could easily come out and have a blinder as well. Oh, he could but, get 12 or he could get 60. Look, it's, it's Jared Hayne. Who knows what's going on with his head? Yeah, not even but, Jared knows. No. At, at Wayne31, two trades left in the final of head-to-head, so it's a big one for him. Upgrade Terrell to Tom Turbo and Lola here to Pierce. They seem pretty decent trades. Good I trades. Like it. Nice. Uh, Daniel Klein, for my last reserve, is Josh Maguire. Back to the real deal again, or do I pick DCE to bounce back against the Warriors? I would take DCE out of those two. Yep, same. All right, NRL Obsession. With no Ryan James this week, you mentioned it before when we're covering the Titans game, will Wallace see more minutes and a higher work rate, i.e. points? <sighs> I wouldn't expect him to get much more than 50 55 He's coming back from injury yeah, himself. Knee injury, yeah. 55 would be a great result. I'm not even sure he's 100% to play. Apparently he was close last week and he just didn't quite get through training, but if it's a medial or something, then um, who knows if he's 100%. I'll be a little bit reluctant to go all in on Wallace this week. And the last question from James Lyon, plans for Mad Monday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like hit, the, uh, hit the pub and grab a cold one, I think. Yep. Well, I got work, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal. All right, that's full time for the episode of the NRL Fantasy Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at AndrewBrown321, at Dom underscore Brock, and at CKennedy80. Make sure to get all the latest news on NRL.com and remember to get your flu shots. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast.